Grace Point Revealed Podcast, episode number five. Ow! What is that? I got like some piece of wood in my eye. Oh, you know what? You've got one in your eye too. Crazy episode of Grace Point this week. Everybody's got a plank in their own eye, but are more interested in pointing out the plank in their neighbor's eye. The splinter, and they've got a... Yes. I can't remember what he said. Timber? It was like... It was was like a speck. Yeah. There's like... Depends on which translation of the Bible you have. You have a telephone pole in your own (laughs) eye. Right. While you point out the splinter in your neighbor's eye. That's right. Yeah. Well, so what if I killed a little kid? You are a drunk. (laughs) And that's far worse. Much worse. Yes. Just Uh, because everyone can see your drunkenness and I can hide my kid killing ways. Does that mean you think it's Paul? No, I don't. No, I don't. We'll talk about prime suspects. There's definitely been a shakeup in the prime suspect poll this week. Yes, definitely. Not others, but uh, we're not going to reveal oh, that man. just yet. Yeah. I'll tell you what we shifted. should reveal. We should reveal that uh, you're listening to Grace Point Revealed Podcast, and I'm Daryl. I was going to say we should reveal our own names. Yes. I'm Clint. Hello, Clint. Hello, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> so glad to join you on this Sunday, Thursday afternoon. Mm, it's not Thursday or afternoon or sunny. Oh, thanks, Daryl. You're welcome. You took away the magic of radio. (laughs) We haven't lost the magic. The magic is still here, Clint. Speaking of magic, we mentioned last week that I think we stopped the podcast at one point and said, people are doing one of three things. They're laughing their heads off and getting stared at by people on the train. Yes. They're yelling at us to shut up and get back on track. Yes. Or they're driving their cars off a cliff just to put themselves out of their misery. Yes. And we got multiple comments in this week. Apparently. Do we get any bills from insurance companies? We, we didn't get. Those take a little bit longer to process. Okay. So we may have to amend this statement in a few weeks. But we got multiple comments that they were digging what we were doing last week. Really? Yeah. And I, they, I took 20 minutes out of the podcast. Wow. I took 20 minutes of foolishness out of the. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like the whole part where you motorboated. <laughs> all right yeah. maybe i won't get that out this week although last week was better <laughs> yes it was well that's going to be released on the uh, dvd extras the bonus the, edition the uh ultraviolet blu-ray yeah that'll be for our patreon supporters there you go if you want to be motorboated by clint become a patreon what? supporter <laughs> whoa whoa hey Huh? Let me ask you a question that's completely unrelated. Okay. That's a great point. It's never stopped you from just getting right into it before, but if you want to segue and ask permission, go right ahead. Yeah. What do you think they're going to do after Blu-ray? Do you think we're going to have another physical media? No. Will Grace Point come out on like 4K? Are we going to go Indigo? Um, Super Indigo. Yeah. No, well, I yeah, I think it'll be digital. I think the Blu-ray will be around for quite a while. The, the trouble with 4K is going to be the bandwidth do people have the bandwidth to support 4k or does there need to be a 4k, you know, physical disc somewhere that I don't know what the solution to that is. 
You think Blu-ray will have 4K versions? Maybe. I don't know what the capacity or what the technological capabilities of Blu-ray are. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. I thought if anyone in this room would know it, it would be you. All right. Speaking well, of uh, high definition, mm-hmm. ultra high definition, mm-hmm. this episode was shot and directed mm-hmm. in ultra high definition by Mr. James Strong. Yeah. Written as per usual by Anya Epstein and Dan Futterman. Mm-hmm. Indeed it was. Or as he's known in Germany, Dan Futterman. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's that's very nice. These these two are the, the they got credit for the uh, teleplay. Teleplay. Yeah, I don't usually distinguish written by or, or teleplay, but they do. They they did in this time in this they episode. Did so in I'll, this time. Yep. What about your episode rating this week? You know, I'm going to change mine. I meant Are to you? change mine earlier, and I didn't, and now I am. Oh, ho, ho, ho. yeah. Oh, so Daryl, you just dropped yours half a point. I did. Well, this is where I started out with it. Okay, and then I bumped it up. Okay, and, and I've, I've settled back, it back down. Yeah, settled back down. Well, mine is relatively high for for me. I gave it six point five awkward dinners. Awkward dinners. We had a couple of awkward dinners, didn't we? We did. We had the awkward after Sunday after Sunday dinner. Yeah. Slow mo. Jack Reinhold busts in and I says, "Found the phone in the kayak." That's really good. You like that? Yeah, it's like yeah. Chris Foley's. <laughs> smoking father who lives in a kayak down by the river <laughs> people are gonna be saying a lot of things about me now you just did it a little bit too hard like you had one of those throat speaker things <laughs> that was almost a throat. but whatever they say remember yeah i live in a kayak down by the river that was awkward yeah. uh the the miller Dinner was a little bit awkward. Yes, the as well. Miller Carver mm-hmm. Carver Miller. Yeah, Carver Miller. Carver Miller. Miller. I'll bloody standing Miller. <laughs> Nicely done. Yes. Uh, so six point five yeah. awkward so, dinners, and, and then you gave it a seven point five burned photos. Mm-hmm. Which that point five might get him in trouble. If it didn't burn completely and somebody finds the half-burned photo... That's right. That's going to be even more incriminating than if he had not burned them at all. Well, legally, he's only supposed to burn seven pictures. The fact that he went after a half picture mm-hmm. means it was undersized and he could get thrown in jail for that. I see. Or maybe the half is because he tried to go back in time and save his parents... From going to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. You do know that Nick Nolte and Michael J. Fox are different people, right? No, they're not. They're the same guy. That, listen, trust me on this. No, no. Back to the Future is different than another 48 hours. Oh. Back to another 48 hours? No, that that movie never existed. In your timeline. That's right. So, uh, Chatham's from Buffalo okay. wrote in. Gave it nine plumbers who pay you for the privilege of unplugging your pipes. How do you like that for plosives? Wow. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and Mark from Solo Talk Media gave it five missed cues, eh? Yeah. You were he- supposed to tell me how much younger I look when you came into the studio tonight. Really? That was your cue. Is that a thing? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You missed it. Huh. That's all right. 
Hey, speaking of younger, what uh-huh. you, we're not getting any younger sitting here. What do you say we get into the episode discussion? Let's do it. Let's talk about the episode because this was a fun episode. I, You know, there's a lot of things I enjoyed in this episode. I think what I liked was also what I didn't like about it. And that's why I went ahead and settled back down to the 7.5. Because to me, an eight, an 8 or above is like really, really good stuff. Yep. 7.5 is just like, uh, there's something that's quite... Here's what it was. Okay. They... They did a great job, I think, of of having everybody point fingers at everybody, which is exactly what you think would be going on in a small town like this, who's now a week, two weeks, three weeks into this investigation. Right. Okay? Right. Uh, like we were joking at the top of the show, we've got a, a telephone pole in my eye, but I'm pointing out the splinter in your eye. All that stuff seems like the type of thing that people would be doing. Yes. I liked that. Lots of finger pointing from the townsfolk. Um, the sermon you know, kind of was the exclamation point on that reality. But, and, and through that, I think they were kind of reshuffling the deck a little bit, um, drawing suspicion in a lot of places, whole lot of red herrings at the same time. So I think at the end of the day, I felt like I, all, all we did was spin mud and we didn't get a, a whole lot of progress. And that's why I went ahead and bumped it back down the hmm. point five. Yeah. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. I'll say this. It's 10 episodes. Right. You can't have the killer identified in episode five. No, you can't. So, and you have to have, you have to have more substance to the story Mm -hmm. than just the killer. Right. 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 So in my mind, and this is the same way that, that uh, Broadchurch was, a lot of the story is not about who killed Danny. It's about this catalyst that led to really the death of the innocence of a small town. Right. And so we're really starting to see, you know, Vince get suspicious and start a rumor. You know, he saw something. He saw him picking on Owen. Right. That kicked things off. That could get way out of control, right? Yeah, poor Jack. He is He's about to get the town's fury unloaded upon yeah, him. Yeah, I expect to see pitchforks. Yeah. And torches next week. Uh, yes, right? all heading towards the boathouse. That's right. Yeah. So, so without him ever having the ability to tell his side of the story, at least up until this point. And, and in my opinion, without ever having done a single thing wrong, I loved the comment he made to Carver this week where he says, I pity you that you look at something. The way it was written was so perfect. Yeah. You look at something that has nothing wrong with it and see disgust in it yeah. is basically what he said. Yeah. And I believe him. I I don't think Jack did a thing in the world wrong. He may be the most innocent person in Grace Went because he made a mistake when he was younger and learned from it. Maybe. Yeah. It's a, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it will. Because Over the next he, couple of weeks, he still could yeah. be the killer. I'm not saying he's not, but right. I'm I am saying that I don't I don't think he's done it. I don't, he's he's very low on my list. Okay. But well, I feel bad for the guy. We also said Susan Wright. Yeah. Who's acting really shady. Yeah. Right? She has a secret identity. Don't know. And I doubt that there. it's Wonder Woman. I don't think so. We saw Owen's mom. We did see Owen's mom. She had it going on. We saw Vince's mom. Owen's mom's got it going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Uh, Vince's mom. <laughs> we saw her just in the car when yep. he dropped off right. the, the meal before church. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, uh, you know, obviously the whole affair came, <laughs> came Boy, to a head. Didn't Perfect it. timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. 
was going to make a a comment, but it mm-hmm. might be construed as sexist. Okay. Well, we wouldn't want that. I was going to say, isn't it just like a woman to <laughs> to mention that <laughs> right before he goes into the press conference? It's like, <laughs> what is the worst, worst time yeah. that I could mention this? And yeah. she picks it and then does it. She did. She totally did. And rightfully purpose. so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's had, he has had the opportunity to pick his moment and he decided not he to. He blew it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she picked it for him. A better way to say that would be good for Beth. <laughs> yeah. Right. I still don't know that I agree with her timing, but I, I, I'll go back to what I just said. He has had the opportunity to pick the moment and he didn't do it. So he got it picked for him. Yes. Now. My my thought there is, I don't know if it's even in the show notes, uh-huh. but my thought there is, she knows it's going to really upset him mm-hmm. right before. He's going to go into that press conference, and he's going to look guilty. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. He's going to look guilty. Yeah. So is she doing that because she really thinks that he could be Danny's killer? Okay. Well, that gets us right back here, back around to the start of the episode. Right. Yeah. When we have the conversation between Ellie and Beth and Ellie is is not wanting to say anything, but Beth is really pounding on her. Tell me what was inconsistent with Mark's story. Tell me why you why you kept him all day. What was it that made you decide that he didn't do it? Did he not do it? You yeah. know, and Ellie won't tell her anything, which we talked about this a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I said, oh, Ellie, I'll tell her. And even then I thought like the very, by the very next week, I was like, I don't, I don't think she will. Well, here we have the opportunity for her to say anything and she won't. Yeah. She, she rightfully says, Mark needs to tell you. You need to talk to Mark. Yeah. You need to talk to Mark. Have you told Mark mm-hmm. when she says that she saw them together? So the other thing that was odd, you know, Ellie didn't a very, it was very unlike Ellie. I thought she didn't go out and say, no, no, Mark didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she's done that just about in every other circumstance. <laughs> she really has. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah. She didn't want to provide Beth false comfort in the case that it is actually Mark. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which has got to be driving Beth crazy because yeah. she, in her own mind, can't cross Mark off the list. And here she is talking to Ellie, who, you know, could, as a friend, just say... Beth, we don't know who it is, but we know it's not Mark. But she can't even say that, so that's got to raise Beth's suspicion even more. Right. I, I completely agree. It is a different Ellie, though. Yeah. And you can see that Carver and his Carver and his detective techniques are finally getting to her. I think so, too. She's, she's, she's learning. Right. This is her first murder, so it, it is her first rodeo Rodeo in that sense. I mean, she's not a new cop, but this is a different deal. It is. And this is a different town now, as we, as we mentioned. Right. So, uh, you know, one thing about this, this episode I wanted to bring up. Uh-huh. You know, last week I said, finally, we're getting some divergence yeah. between Broadchurch and Grace Point. Yeah. We're back to 95, 96%. Oh, is that right? It's oh, the same man. as Broadchurch. Okay. I mean... The line you mentioned was the line straight from Broadchurch. Okay, yeah. There were a couple of others. Well, gosh, you know what? That makes me wonder if something, they they took a divergence last week, so they needed to make that divergence, I'm assuming some things here, so that they could reach a different conclusion. So maybe last week's episode was really going to be an episode that we'll look back on and go, yep, that was a big, that was a big episode. Yeah, could be, could be. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'll say that last week's episode really followed the backpacker right quite a bit mm-hmm. and there was no backpacker character in Broadchurch. Oh, is that right? There was none. Okay. I probably shouldn't have said that, but there was none in Broadchurch. So Okay. Does that mean anything? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but we know that it's going to be two episodes longer. It right. makes sense that one of those episodes would be in the first half, right? Right. Yeah. So well, we've got to see the backpacker again. They spent so much time on him. I, I liked that I, that Ellie decided to send the picture out to the park service. Yeah, that was a good move. And Carver even said, "Hey, yeah. that's a really good idea." Yeah, that was a, that was a cool scene too. She's so turning into a cop. We'll see. I would imagine that someone from the park service will, you know, uh, observe the backpacker, and who knows? Maybe even next week we'll have him on screen in the flesh. What do you think? He's got to come on screen at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to get it addressed in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Hey, speaking of in the flesh. Owen and Renee. Owen and Renee sitting in a tree. Mm -hmm. She is a snake. She's going to bite him. We, we, I joked last week saying that she had a vagina and he was falling right into it. Definitely. It's not a joke. Well, it's pretty clear. I threw. I mean, I I I threw it out as a joke because it's a fringe, yes, you know, line. Right. Knowing full and well, it also applied to her. Man, no Femin- question. Feminine wiles on on full level ten lockdown mode this this week, man. Yeah. Oh no, that's the byline is yours for the next one we write. Right. Just don't tell Kathy. Right. Your boss. Yeah. You want to get somewhere, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you that. We've only slept together one time. Yeah. It was only enough for me to manipulate you, not for you to manipulate me. That's right. <laughs> can't give you any more information. <laughs> and he oh, is man. just duped, falling right for it. Yes. I believe we got some feedback from Mark on Owen and his situation. We did. Here's what he had to say. What's the whole point with Owen's mom? They were repossessing all her furniture, and we know that she's emptied Owen's bank account. I just have no idea what any of this has to do with the rest of the story. Now, what's the deal between Gemma and Owen? When they pass each other coming in and out of the newspaper's office, their greetings seem more to me than just two people passing in a doorway. Gemma looked at Owen like there's more to their relationship than we know of. These are two things that I didn't really... Well, I do wonder about the repo stuff, but the other thing, I, I didn't really notice a, a glance between him and Jim or anything. Did you? Nope. I, sh- I sure didn't, but that doesn't mean anything. That's right. I could have just totally missed we it. We missed it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't put it past Gemma. Mm-hmm. You know, a few weeks ago, I said that she was the lover of the journal editor. What's her name? Kathy? Kathy. Yeah. Yes. Eaton. I, that's obviously not the case now. That was before we knew that Gemma and Mark were a thing, but... Jim is crafty for sure. Yeah. Yep. I wouldn't put is. anything past her. No, she seems really, you know, there's, there's, there's spontaneous mm-hmm. and then there's reckless. Right. I definitely think she falls into the latter category. Do you? I do. Well, then that means I would take that to mean you think that her, her sins are going to come back around to bite her in the butt. Oh, I definitely think that. Okay. I definitely think she's that. not going to be able to, to while her way out of them. No, but, I, you know, I don't know. She doesn't seem malicious. Mm-hmm. She just seems like a person who does whatever they feel like all the time. I agree with that. Yeah. I, and she, I think she's a manipulator, too. I say that because of what she did with Susan. This For the life of me, I don't know why she came to Kathy and said, Hey, Susan just gave me this application and 
When I ran the social security number, it didn't come up with the same identity. I would have thought maybe because Kathy being with the press might have the ability to run background checks that perhaps Gemma wouldn't. But you don't go to the newspaper for that. And it sounds like also Gemma was able to do some sort of background check because she knew that the social security name didn't match up with Susan Wright. So I don't know why she went to Kathy unless she's got some sort of scheme or, or, or business that she wants to find out so that she can exploit it in some way. Right. What do you think? Hmm. Gemma or Kathy? Gemma. Well, I think Kathy's the same thing. I think Kathy's going to say, well, thank you for this information. I'm going to put it in my pocket too. But I think that Gemma came to Kathy so that she could learn some dirt on Susan to use it for her advantage. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think Kathy, so here, here's what I think. I think that Owen and Renee have gone out mm-hmm. and they've got the story on the Solano family, mm-hmm. right? Renee has it. Owen's working the Jack Reinhold story, right? Kathy's being edged out. So she's got to get some dirt on some people in the town to bring herself back, you know, to give herself relevance again. Okay. Kathy doesn't understand that the world does not revolve around her and her do whatever it takes, ruin as many people's lives so long as she can make a name for herself as an investigatory journalist. (laughs) No matter how many friends she loses or people she leaves dead and bloodied along the way, just so as long as she can make a name for herself as an investigatory journalist, no matter how many friends she loses or people she leaves dead and bloody and dying along the way. Is that right? Okay. So that's, that's Kathy's position. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, no, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I just don't know what to make of it. I, I think I'm more perplexed. I, I don't have any problem going with you on that. I think what, what I'm more perplexed is, why Gemma saw the need to bring it to Kathy's attention and make it Kathy's business. Why did Gemma make that decision? Well, I didn't see anything malicious Mm -hmm. in that other than the fact that they, I mean, they basically work right next to each other. Was it nothing more than a plot device to introduce the fact to the, uh, the Susan's got this other identity to the audience and they needed a way to do that. Yeah. I mean, how else were they going to find out, have it go through the police? Yeah. It's not a really a police matter. No. At this point. At this point. Although she could go to Carver, who's staying at her inn, and go, right. you know, this came up This weird. is an interesting thing, like they did with Jack. They right. said, hey, here's an interesting thing. We found out now with Jack's, it was a criminal background. It was, right. it was, a, it was a criminal matter that had happened in his background. Right. Where this is just fishy. But you could, in the sense of, hey, I'm just trying to be helpful. Meet me, look at me. I'm helping you out. Yeah. Look at me helping you out. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It just doesn't make sense why she went to Kathy with the information. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that Kathy has the resources yeah. to be able to call people, you know, and find out why she changed her name. Right. So maybe it was one of those things she didn't want to bother the police with. Hey, it's odd. Or if you think Gemma's malicious, she could be trying to divert attention away from herself. Right. She had no intention of hiring Susan Wright, mm-hmm. but she ran a background check on her just in case, just so that she could find some dirt mm-hmm. to cause a misdirection. Right. You know, I, I moved her to the top of my list last week. Yes. And 
So we'll, this, we'll have to see. We'll have to see where she is this week. Yeah, this was just some suspicious behavior again out of her this week. I will say that she changed positions. Oh yeah, on my list. Okay, I didn't pay attention to to where she was on your list. You never do, Daryl. I you know I want to be surprised, Clint. I want you to have your list. I have my list. So Rose, yes, has a different take. Okay, she says Susan's secret isn't suspicious. For involvement in Danny's murder, murdy, murdy, murdy happens. Murdy happens. Yeah. How about murder? Red rock. Or else, in my opinion, Kathy would have gone to Ellie with the info. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think Kathy's the type of person to go to the police when she finds? First of all, no. <laughs> okay. No, she's going to call the San Francisco Chronicle and say, "Hey, I've got this great story on somebody in Grace Point." Uh huh. It's my byline. Uh-huh. I want you to publish it. And also I want a promotion, right? That's the kind of person that Kathy seems like to me. I don't know. I don't she know. She seems like leaving I, all of her friends dead and bloody along the way. I'm just saying. Yes. What I don't know is that if she really has aspirations at her age to be part of the San Francisco Journal. That's ageist. Uh, no. What I'm saying is she has established herself in that town like you have already said. Right. That's true. And I think that she would be more interested in if she could if she could send it through the journal in order to gain more attention to what she's doing and position herself in a more a more powerful position where in, in Grace Point, mm-hmm. yes, she would. But only for that reason, not so that she could gain any position at the journal, at the San Francisco Journal. Yeah. Okay. I don't think she has any interest in that. I would even say I think that she has interest in keeping Owen where he's at and not allowing him to aspire to greater things like that. That is she wants to control him. That's probably true. That's that's probably a lot more true. But my theory is that she doesn't really have anything on mm-hmm. Susan Wright. Mm-hmm. And so she just kind of poked her. Oh, right? yeah. She intimidated her. Poked her to see if, you know. Or tried to. Yeah. Hey, is there is there anything here? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I ran across an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. to see if. Didn't reveal her source. Played it very good there. Right. 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 And if it was nothing, she could say, yeah, I was married to a crazy person and changed had, my name. had to change my name. And that would have been the end of it, right? Yeah. But I think the way that she handled it made it really suspicious. You leave me alone. I know, man, that I could get to rape you. I mean, of all the threats that I have heard on TV. That's pretty creepy. That's one of the most shocking. Yeah. I, I was like, what? Who says that? Right? Who threatens that? Yes. Oh, I don't know. Crazy psycho women threaten that or people. Yeah. Yeah. That was shocking to be. to be. Yes. That was a shocking threat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know men that would rape you. Yeah. All right. Well, we we've we've gone off track here, but that's that's okay. I like it when it kind of just happens through conversation. Uh let's backtrack though, circle back around to where we left off chronologically and get into the town meeting. Not a press conference. We'll get one of those later in the episode. This sucker had a town meeting and a press conference. Lots of meetings and lots of yeah. dinners. And yeah, and a church service. Lots of the town folk getting together i will say the more that they show town folk getting together mm-hmm. the more convinced i am that this is a town much larger than the one that i grew up in just you know we had we had three police officers one full-time maybe two full-time one part-time something like that okay 
That was that was the entirety of our police force. You had you had Andy Barney and Barney's bullet. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. No, that doesn't matter. I mean, we had that conversation sure. a few weeks ago. Right. What'd you think though of the town meeting with all the people and the finger pointing and all that stuff? I think the town's falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, and as time goes on, it creates a lot more stress on this town. I mean, this is a town whose sole revenue generator mm-hmm. is tourism. Right. And this is their peak season. It sounds right. like this is their peak season. The beach is closed. There's mm-hmm. CSI tents on the beach. They're now going to be known as the murder town. Yeah. Who wants to come to the murder town? That's where that kid got killed. That's where that kid got killed. Why would we go there on vacation? That that makes me have a, a, a new thought. So Jimma Fisher has been kind of the top of my list the last couple of weeks. Yeah. She's still near the top of my list. Yes. I won't reveal yet exactly how f- close to the top. She's taking... As big of a hit here Huge financially hit. as as just about anybody else right. is, two things come to mind. One is she's not really squawking about it. That could be incriminating. I mean, she kind of squawked at it about it with Susan, right? Hey, I can't hire you. Yes, but that was there's in no a, work. That was not in a like the guy complaining at her bar that night. Yeah, she took up for. Danny, if you will. Yes. But he, that's because she was sleeping with Danny's dad. Well, okay. The other Possibly. is, the other thought that comes to mind is she's impulsive. Maybe it was just that. But if she did kill him, I mean, she, which would, would she have thought ahead enough to go, this is no. going to ruin my business if I kill this kid? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. <laughs> I don't think so either. No. I think and, and, She's not going to confess to the murder so that her business will be good again. No, because right? that would put her out of business exactly. and in, in a jail cell. So she's at a catch-22. I mean, mm-hmm. all that she could do is, you know, things go on three more or four more days, and she's like, I have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Skip town. Skip town. Yeah. Okay. That's what I feel, too. I, those just, had, just now came to me, so I thought I would throw them out there. She's going to shack up with the backpacker, and they're going to hit the road. Yeah. Raymond, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs Raymond, accuses Carver of not following up with the boat lead. He's totally out of out of line here. Totally he, out of line. He doesn't know what Carver has followed up on. Yes. Carver did follow up on the boat lead. And as Carver said, you were just guessing. More than half the town owns a boat. Yeah. You didn't give me a lead. Yeah. You threw a a wad of mud up against a wall that was a big wall. And what do you know? Some of it stuck. stuck. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he was out completely out of line because he's followed up not only on one boat, Mm -hmm. but two boats. Yeah. Followed up on Danny's boat. And then he followed up with Dean. Mm -hmm. Right. And that boat, the boat that Dean was trying to take off in. Yep. So that's right. So Raymond's Raymond's just out of line. Carver threatened him at that point and followed through with that threat when he presented himself once again yes. later, manipulating Beth again. Yep. So do you think his intentions are good? Raymond's? Yes. You think he's just following a spirit guide? I honestly do. Really? Okay. I think that I don't know if he actually hears from the spirit realm or not, or if, like we've said, he's just clairvoyant in the sense that he's very observant yeah but i don't think he is trying to extort 
extortion's not the right word. I don't think he's trying to use the Solano family Take for his own personal gain. Okay. You, th- you think he's genuine, is what you're saying. Uh, let me rephrase. I don't think he's trying to get money out of them. Whether or not he is trying to get some some sense of belonging or some sense of, of attachment, some sense of, of purpose, even if it's for a time because he is so lonely, I think that's a real possibility. But I don't think that he is trying to, and that's why I used the word extort earlier, I don't think he's trying to use this situation for his own financial gain at some point, writing a book like Ellie mentioned and stuff like that. I don't think he's going that angle. Okay. What, what about you? What's your take on it? I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good read on him. Okay. I really don't. Hmm. I, I think he is, he seems to be sincere mm-hmm. to me. Seems to be either he's, he is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Or he thinks that he hears from the spirit world, or like you said, he's just really observant and is trying to help the police, and you know can't say, "Hey, I'm really observant." But I I don't get the sense that he's really trying to take advantage. But that's just me. Yeah. Okay. Could okay. Be. All right. Do you do you suspect him at all, or how how much do you suspect him? Not much. Okay. Same not, here. Not, not really any at all. Yeah. Okay. He moved down in my list this week. So we really haven't talked to, at all about Jack. You ready to talk about Jack? I would love to talk about Jack. It's pretty good. You got to get a lot of, a lot of gruff. Yeah, you got to wet the back of your throat yeah. quite a bit. Okay. And well, then just kind of push it through like a strainer. I like that. Yeah. Like and a then, meat grinder. Yeah, you got to push up with the diaphragm. That's how the sausage is made. Clench the throat. Get a bunch of moist, nasty, hey, thick mucus. I don't back need to there. hear about that. <laughs> I don't need to hear all about that. That's my, my. That's how I formed the Jack. So, what do you think about how this was revealed? It was revealed. Jack, go ahead. Uh, Jack's history. Mm-hmm. It was revealed in a couple of layers. The first was that he had a conviction. The second was a reveal revelation that it was actually statutory rape. And right. I don't know what what the guidelines are for statutory rape, but that's when I think of statutory rape, I think of someone who's a minor and someone who's not quite a minor. And the guy who was, it's usually the guy yeah. who's not quite a minor got busted. It's not like someone who's 40 and, and someone who's, you know, like 13. 16 or yeah. something. It's usually someone who was 20 or younger between 18 and 20. And someone who's, you know, fifteen to seventeen. Right. It's 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 like, it's like Chloe, Chloe, and and uh, I was going to say Vince, but it's not it's Vince. Vince. It's uh, Dean. Dean. Yeah. It's like Chloe and Dean, and Dean got caught and thrown in prison. Right. That's right. That's right. So, but that doesn't line up with the time frame that we heard either, because he's like a seventy-year-old man right now, right? And then he say it was like twenty years ago. Yeah. So that is kind of suspicious. Yeah. I don't know that the timeline they're throwing around makes a whole lot of sense, but you know, they, they did a lot of work in this episode to point a whole lot. Like we said, they yeah. point, they're pointing a whole lot of fingers at Jack, making him seem very, very suspicious. Yeah. And for me, it's way too over the top. If they wanted me to suspect Jack, they shouldn't have tried so hard. <laughs> How's that? No, that's true. No, I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. You know what? I think a statutory rape, now I don't I don't know again 
necessarily what the legal definition and what all that involves. Right. But when I think of rape, I think of something utterly repulsive and repugnant and mm-hmm. violent, usually where a man is forcing himself on a woman. Just terrible, right? Right. The, the kind of people that are right up there with child molesters and murderers that need to be thrown in prison and have bad things done to them. Right. Statutory rape, although it has rape in the name, carries mm-hmm. a different connotation to me. Right. It's just, and again, I, I don't know, so I, I apologize if I'm offending anybody by saying this, but it, it's the it's the Dean and Chloe situation mm-hmm. where the parents are unhappy that their daughter or son is mm-hmm. sexually active with a slightly older person. Right. And they press charges. Right as kind of retaliation right that's that's my opinion of that and i'm the same way so and i but i'll I'll throw out the same disclaimer you did i i don't know the the legal definition so we could both be wrong but it sounds like you and i both have the same kind of understanding of it when they say that jack was convicted of statutory rape Mm -hmm. my thought is and you know Mm -hmm. is that really bad you know and does that make him a child molester right no because he would be convicted of child molestation and you know, and again, I'm I'm largely ignorant on on this topic, um, but my my thought process is that people who are prone to be attracted to children in inappropriate ways yeah. are usually attracted to either little boys or little girls, not both boys and girls. Yeah, and I could be wrong on that, and so. Statutory rape, I think, would also imply that it was with a female, right, and not so. not a male, right. So again, putting distance between him and the type of crime that was committed here, right. It did not seem like. Um, I, I just can't see Jack doing. It. I'll I can't just say either. That. Yeah, I can't see Jack, even if he was a child molester. And I think that his behavior against Owen perpetuates that belief yeah he to me he acted toward owen like somebody who is being accused of something that makes his yes how dare you you know me we work together i never did anything inappropriate to you and you are trying to lump me into that type of person yes i am going to physically abuse you now thank you very much (laughs) that's what i took from it yeah um but I, but but Jack is making some mistakes here. I think it's really strongly possible that partially burned photos are going to be discovered. The cell phone was discovered. Yeah. The behavior, the attack, if you will, on Owen was observed. These are all going to draw red flags. In in addition to the the statutory rape charge right. that's been brought to light. Right. And it's going to do two things. It's going to draw a lot of attention to Jack. It's going to draw a lot of attention away from and resources away from pursuing the right path for for the killer because Jack is not the the person. Yeah. No, I think that's good. It'll be interesting to see how how it plays out. I don't know why, though. I mean, I understand he felt attacked, Mm -hmm. right? He had come to Grace Point to get away from whatever his past was. And it sounded like up until this point had gotten away from it. So, yeah. But, you know, at that point, when there's a dead child, you tell the police everything. I, I, you know, and probably in hindsight, he, he probably thinks that, too. I do agree with his statement, though. I was trying to get away from that all. I'm not going to come into town and, and start wearing a sign that says, 
convicted statutory rapist. Right. Yeah. No one's going to do yeah, that. Yeah. Sex offender. You know? yeah. yeah. On purpose. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. But when, I, when the cops have them and they're interrogating them. Yeah. Answer the questions. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, this is what happened. Yeah. It's none of your business. They're going to find out anyways. Yeah. Better to be up front. Yep. Mm. All right. Well, before we move away from Jack, let's let's talk about or, or let's play what Mark had to say about the whole Jack situation. Now, regarding Jack, I don't think he's the killer. I think he's being sincere. I think he's somebody who a terrible misunderstanding led to him being incarcerated many years ago, and he's just afraid that his past is going to catch up with him. Now, Miller told Carver that there was a death in this other town that happened 15 years ago and it happened five miles from where Jack used to live. But if this death took place 15 years ago, it was stated in this episode that Jack's been in Grace Point for 20 years. So a little bit of a time gap there unless Jack somehow went back to where he used to live to kill somebody, but I seriously doubt it. And I'm curious to know how much Beth's mom knows about Jack's paths. They exchanged a look in the church and then when Jack came in to the Solano's house to turn over the cell phone, as soon as he started pleading with Mark that he didn't do it, Beth's mom was immediately there telling him, let's not do this now, as if she knew what he was going to say. So I anticipate her coming to Jack's defense and clearing his name. And as far as him burning photos at the end of the episode, there was nothing in any of the photos we saw that looked incriminating. So once again, I think it's just somebody who's afraid his past is going to catch up to him and he's trying to erase it. Yeah, I agree with all that. Although I didn't catch the glances that he was again. Mark's observing glances that I missed. What do you think? Did no, you? I observe, saw that. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, it may be innocuous, but mm-hmm. I did see the glances. Okay. She she might know something that it, that had happened, or maybe yeah. it was involved. Well, he said it was Beth's mom. Beth's right? mom, right? Yeah. So she's closer to Jack's right. age. So who knows? Maybe they've got a, a, a relationship. relationship of some sort, or, or have had some time in the past. Sure. And, yeah. yeah, she seems a little older to be mm-hmm. a victim of statutory rape. But. She does. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that would be the case. Okay, you don't think it was Beth, do you? No. Okay, I don't either. No, I don't. Not even a little bit. All right, there's a couple other. We talked about a lot of the suspicion being thrown towards Jack in this episode, right? A lot of suspicion continuing to be thrown towards Paul. Yeah, well, thrown towards Paul and self-induced by Paul are two different things. (laughs) Great distinction. Yes. (laughs) So where do you want to start with Paul? So I thought thought his message was poignant. Uh Uh-huh. Also, you know, it felt a little defensive to me. Yes. Like, Carver's coming in here and accusing me of being creepy, even though I'm out till four in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> on the, and I don't have an alibi for the night of the murder. Right. But he's got some things he has to deal with too, so <laughs> I don't know what to make of Paul. I I still don't suspect him highly. I should. I feel yes. like I should. Yep. I still go on with please, oh please, oh please, oh please. Don't be the priest trope. Please, oh please. Oh please, oh please. So I'm just going to deny suspicion on him for as long as humanly possible. And right now it's still humanly possible. So I'm just ignoring all of the the reasons I should be putting him closer to the top of my list. Yeah. But like even the prayer, like when he's in the, in the church alone and he's praying, I mean, you could read into that. Yeah. 
like he's involved with it. Yeah, he just seems there's something definitely wrong. Yeah, and that's the thing. There is definitely something wrong with him, even beyond having the thing that he hasn't ever gotten over when it comes to Beth. Mm -hmm. There's still something else there. Right. When when he says something like, well, I made arrangements so that I could have children's church or uh, Sunday school after church so that I could, you know impart my faith upon the children. You know, that can be interpreted in a really creepy way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Everything he says can be interpreted in a really creepy way. I think so. He's just kind of a creepy guy. He is. And maybe that's why he's a priest, because he's not good with people. And this is one of the key differences, I think, between Broadchurch and Grace Point. With, with the Paul character? Yeah, just with the priest. The priest was more, in Broadchurch's, was more priesty and less creepy. Okay. And maybe that's a, I wonder if that's a, a choice that the actor is taking. No, I don't think so. Okay. I think that it's being written specifically, you know, maybe they needed some additional suspicion. There was some suspicion. I can only speak from this episode before, mm-hmm. right? For Broadchurch. Right. There was some suspicion early on. Some things didn't quite add up. Yeah. With the priest. It certainly wasn't. I mean, you didn't see the priest in Broadchurch stroking the picture of the dead victim. <laughs> okay. okay. Or, you know, pushing the psychic against the wall. Right. Okay. Or, or any of those kind of things. Okay. He was just kind of a, you know, he was a priest and that made him suspicious in the same way that yeah, he, a television priest is suspicious <laughs> automatically in American television, too. Right. Without well, that, having to be creepy. And that's what I, I wonder if they're doing, too, is just playing into this. Because I don't know how, yeah. how priests are pictured around over in the UK, especially. I know the, the Catholic Church with their priests have had issues, yeah. I think, around the world. But a lot of it here in the U.S. So maybe they're just playing into that fear, if you will, yeah. or that stereotype. Well, does Mark have some comments about Paul? (laughs) Mark does. Here they are. I did find Paul acting a bit strange in this episode, standing outside at all hours of the night. Insomnia sounds like a good excuse, but I think he just wanted to be out there watching the Solomon house. Now, we saw before Paul looking at a photo of both he and Beth in high school graduation robes and caps, and Rebecca asked Beth if she had any boyfriends prior to Mark. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that she was actually seeing both Paul and Mark at the same time at the end of high school and that Chloe is actually Paul's daughter, and Mark doesn't know about it. Or perhaps Mark does know about it, which is why he resents Paul so much. One of the Solano kids is the offspring of Paul. That's right. The audience seems to be convinced of that. Well, I am. I'm uh-huh. convinced. I think it's Danny, but yeah, it would make a lot more sense. It might make more sense, but why wouldn't she have just then gone with Paul like she did with Mark if she knew it was his? No, no, no. I'm not talking about Chloe. I'm talking okay. about Danny. Okay. Mark came back. They have a thing. Mm-hmm. He's a priest. She's got a, quote, happy marriage. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole Sunday school thing, Okay, I think. Okay. So. Yeah, Mark, I, 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 I do like the idea, and I do think there's a possibility of it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with no. I, I think if, there, if I had to choose one of the Solano children to actually be Paul, I would, I would still go with Danny. Okay. Interesting theory, though. All right. Well, the other cool thing we had in this episode, our big, big uh, thing, I guess two two dinners, right? We had two dinners. Yeah. We had the Miller dinner, 
We had the Solano after church dinner. Yeah, which they did a good job of, you know, just kind of showing everybody trying to be normal. Mm-hmm. Right before Jack kind of bursts their bubble and walks in and right. says, Hey there, kids, want to touch my lucky dollar? <laughs> I did like how in that moment, Ellie immediately grabbed a napkin or something to put the phone on to, to try to... Yeah, I mean, it was already covered in fingerprints yeah, and stuff. Exactly. But she had her head in the game right yes. there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was good. Yeah. So I'm glad they found the phone. I'm sure we're going to see something come out of that, unless Hugo... Botches it. Botches it again. Yeah. Uh, what if they had... What if the last frame of the episode had been... If that had been the last scene, and the last frame would have been Tom freaking out or something. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I thought Tom's face at that dinner was kind of telling. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they did the great slow motion shots. Yeah. They showed him getting to be a kid again, mm-hmm. right? You got a smile out of Tom. He was just happy to be around people. And then somebody said something, and then his face... Just, yeah. He was just reminded that Danny's dead. Yeah. I think that that things have changed. Yeah. And another thing that I thought they did good with Beth in that scene was when they got the booster seat out for the youngest Miller child. Yeah. I don't Uh, remember. Is it Dylan, maybe? Sure. And I I take it that that was Danny's booster seat. And it was just like Beth looked at it and just had that, all those memories flood back in a moment. Yeah. But then had to put the smile back. Was, of course, it's okay for him to use the booster yeah. seat. But just what she did in that. Let's talk yeah. about how good she is. Yeah, she did actress, great. You know? And you know, I thought she did a great job of asking Tom for a hug, for a hug without being creepy. That made my right. wife tear up a little bit. Yeah, that was a powerful scene. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because it could have been like, oh, oh, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, asking little kids for hugs. Yeah, not that way at all. Not at all. Not even and, a little and, bit. You know, when she says, "I've missed these," you know, because. He's the same age as, as Danny. His his the way his head fit into her chest or, or yeah. belly, the way his same arms height. felt around her probably same felt height. just yeah. like her sons would have. And yeah. man, that's heartbreaking. That is. It's hard. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, I yeah, I can't either. Speaking of can't imagine, mm-hmm. did, can you could you have imagined before this episode you would have seen Carver smile? <laughs> um he did have a little bit of wine in him. Maybe that yeah. was what prompted the smile. <laughs> thought, it wasn't anything other than he you loosened him up enough. Yeah, it was such a funny scene between, you know, when Ellie steps out. Yeah. He sh- there was a little chink in the armor. You were talking about the... The, the, the fact that he actually cared about what Ellie thought of him. And I thought Joe played into it really nicely. He's like, Do you think oh. he cares? Do you think he cares? Oh, yeah, I think he does. Okay, maybe he does. After he gets a little wine in him. Yeah. So does Ellie like me? Does she? I mean, does she like working with me? And he yeah. goes, yeah. "Yeah, you're a bad liar. You're a bad boss. <laughs> you're a bad boss." Yeah. And then they were cracking up. That was the first time yeah. I'd seen him laugh. Well, so. now, Mister Miller, Joe said, "Hey, you think you're actually going to solve this case?" You know, I told you last week I thought he was suspicious just putting together the whole dinner dinner in the first place. That line and then his his little schmooze with Mill or with uh, with Carver did not didn't help you. No, did not dissuade my suspicions uh-huh. in the least. Still still thinking he's pretty Did suspicious. you make a change on your suspect list while we've been talking? Nope. Okay. Same. Nope. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. What okay. about you? Did you read into anything there, good, bad, or otherwise? No. No? No. It was pretty funny. It was, it was Yeah, it? other than it just being funny. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, 
Now they've got a rapport, and Ellie comes back, and she's like, what? You guys laughed without right. me? You got that man to laugh? Yeah. And I don't know what it's about? I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and they're not telling either. Yeah, yeah, they're not. So that was interesting. Uh, you know, we got to find out a little bit about Carver and his family, the fact that he was married before. We did. He has a daughter. Sounds like an estranged daughter, based yeah. on the on the fake FaceTime mm-hmm. call. Yeah. But he couldn't say FaceTime or Skype. He just said, you know, yeah. the... Video, video chat. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. He said something as he's as he's hanging up with that that made me think that he might have ad-libbed it because it seemed more of the British thing to say. He didn't say ring me, which I thought would have been, would have been the British thing to say. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but he'd said like... Call my mobile? Yeah. <laughs> he's, I think he said like... The cellular telephone. Look me up or... I don't know. He didn't say call me. Like, Hit me up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But maybe it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe it was just didn't it. make the uh, translation from when it was written yeah. for the British show. Yeah, I maybe. I don't know. I don't know. This caught me as a, as a non-standard way of, of saying, hey, call me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're talking about someone like your daughter. It seemed more yeah. almost too formal or something. Voice even. chat, face me. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, Daryl, okay. so I can't help you. Sorry. I, I wish I had made a better note of it. And I think finally we got uh, we got Carver passing out this yeah. week, and you know Linda, who's been our resident medical feedback provider, she has been wonderful at this. She says that she's sticking with some kind of brain lesion. Mm-hmm. She doesn't think he had enough to drink to really affect him. Okay, but it could make his symptoms worse. Yeah, you know, and he did. He told Joe, "Hey, no, no more wine." Right. And I will say Joe is like, no, you're going to drink some more wine. Do you think Joe put something in his wine? No, I don't think Joe put anything in his wine. Okay. But but if your suspicions are correct, maybe he was trying to get him, yeah, get his tongue a little looser so he could find out what's going on. I think that's what he was doing, was trying to get the loose tongue and, and also try to gain some a relationship so that he won't suspect Joe. Yeah. I don't, all, I don't suspect Joe. Yeah. At all. Okay. I do. Well, I can't say it all. Where is he on my list? Joe Miller is 14 of oh, man. of 21. Wow. That's pretty far down on the list. He's quite a bit higher on my list. Yeah. <laughs> quite a bit. All right. Closing thoughts and questions. Well, we got this in from Joanne right before we hit the record button, and I thought this would be a good place to put it. She okay. says, I just rewatched episode one again. Episode one. If they are showing us what really happened, Danny was not killed until close to 4 a.m. They showed Danny's parents both asleep in bed, and Danny was on the hillside with blood dripping after 3 a.m. So Vince's alibi would not really hold up because I doubt he was still working at 4 a.m. If those scenes were real, we knew from the beginning that Danny's dad was not involved. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked a couple weeks ago about how some of the the timelines, even even what we had heard, would still allow some time for for the right for the, the murder to happen. For the murder, mm-hmm. for the murder. That's a possibility. Could be, yeah. Could be a possibility. All right, that's good. That's a good thought, Joanne. Yeah, Thanks and for I going like, back and watch it. Joanne, I like that you went back and watched episode one. That's probably something we should all do. And I will at some point when it's all said and done, I will go back and watch episode one. Yes. And say, okay, now what did I miss? Yes. 
Now here, here's what I want you to do, Daryl. When okay. we get done with this season, mm-hmm. I want you to watch Broadchurch. I definitely will. Okay, and then I want to know. Maybe we'll have to do a follow up podcast. Mm-hmm. Which which version you think is better? Oh, okay. Because I'm approaching this having already seen Broadchurch, mm-hmm. so I'm already biased. And I will be approaching. You're going to be. You're going to be biased, mm-hmm. just in the opposite way. Right. So if we both agree on which one's better, that would be interesting. I think it'll be the better show. Okay. All right. All right. Well, the uh, the GP Twit question of the week. This is, this is what we uh, ask via Twitter. So the question this week was: What was the biggest red herring in episode five? Clint. The what biggest, do you think? You mean introduced or 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 concluded? No, uh, just that probably introduced is really the, the way I was intending it to be interpreted. Yeah, I think the Jack statutory rape thing. Mm-hmm. Bar none. Yeah. Biggest red herring. Uh, I would agree with that. So to be different, I will say the Jack murder 15 years ago. Okay. I was trying to decide between the Jack murder 15 years ago, the Jack burning pictures, or the Jack having cell phone, because <laughs> they were all going to be around Jack. <laughs> Let's see, or the Jack... Yeah, getting in a fight with Vince. Yeah, or the Jack storming into the dinner, yeah. or the Jack grabbing Owen, <laughs> or the Jack not being nice to Renee. Yeah, I said Vince earlier. Yeah, I yeah, meant Owen, yeah. yeah. Thank you for correcting yeah. that. Well, here's what the listeners had to say. Okay. Solo Talk Media, which is our friend Mark, he said, I would say Susan's false identity. I don't think it has mm-hmm. anything to do with Danny's murder. I agree with that. I agree. Yep. Tangier 14, which is Barb, of course, says Jack burning the pictures. I think his conviction for statutory rape was with a girl, not a boy. Yep. We agree with that, too. Uh, Chatham's 2691, uh, which we heard from earlier. Jack is the red herring. My prediction is Owen is guilty. Owen is guilty. Wow. And framed Jack to get big break with story and become famous. Famous. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll make you famous. Name that movie. Young Guns. Yes. All right. Wayne Henderson, also known as Wayne Henderson, said the biggest red herring this week was the reveal of Jack's past criminal record yep that's what you said yep jenkins 100 rose also known as rose says jack's past the statutory rape sounds like a girl not a boy jack said trial was a farce but of course then he would <laughs> yeah uh lemon eyes lemon eyes chiming in this week I haven't heard from her in a while nice to hear from you lemon eyes uh the biggest red herring this week was jack's criminal conviction sherry's up says Jack's previous arrest and background. Yep. So almost unanimous. Almost marks the one. I guess we had two. Well, even that one was kind of centered yep. around Jack. Yep. Owen setting him up. So marks yep. the, the lone gunman on that. Which he, I, I agree with Mark. I just don't think it was the biggest. Right. Yes. One of this episode. Yes. That's, yep. that's, that's worth pointing out. Definitely. All right. That's great. So if you want to participate in GP twit, you could follow us on Twitter. At Grace Point GSM. Mm-hmm. Twitter.com slash Grace Point GSM as well. Yep. Daryl sends those out. Usually Friday. Usually Friday. Afternoon. Sometimes Saturday, depending on if you've crossed the international dateline or not. 
and I, I'll retweet it between. We record on Sunday evening, so I'll re, I'll retweet it a few times between right. Friday and Sunday. So right, that is so right. So that's how you can do that. All well, right, make sure. Oh, uh, go ahead, and and make sure you reply with the hashtag GP Twit. That's right. All right. So let's get into our segment called Prime Suspects. Yes, let's get it kicked off this week with the listeners' comments on what their prime suspect is. Let's hear from Andrew first. Hello, Clint and Daryl. My theory is that it's the hotel lady. I definitely do not trust British people who use their real accents on American shows. This is Andrew R. in Montreal saying good day. All right, what about Canadian people who call in with their British accents to American <laughs> podcasts? I don't trust those I would, people. I would not trust them. Okay. All right. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. But thank but, you, Andrew. But I would say he's probably right. I think there's plenty of reason to suspect the innkeeper. You know, the innkeeper showed up at the same position on both of our lists this week. Did she? Yes. I haven't paid attention to that. Like I said, I really haven't looked at your list, so that's that's interesting. All right. All right. Let's hear what Mark has for his prime suspect this week. For the first time in this series, I'm not suspecting Dean as the killer. Not really that he's moved down. It's just there's somebody else that has moved up and surpassed him. So my vote this week goes to Vince. I think Vince is trying to do all these nice things for the Solomons, like keeping Mark busy and cooking a meal from them, because he feels guilty, which is also why he refused to take the $60 from Mark. Maybe that's why Susan was so interested in him last episode. Perhaps she knows or suspects something and wants something in return from Vince to keep her mouth shut. I also don't think there was any way that Vince could have overheard what Owen said to Jack. I think that was just a convenient way to divert any suspicion away from himself. So here's my new theory regarding Vince. We know that Vince is a hunter. We saw his rifles in the back of his truck, and we saw blood in the back of the truck, which I suspect was animal blood. We also know from the pilot episode that there's poaching going on, and that's why there was a cut in the fence that Emmett was investigating. We also know that the backpacker questioned Beth about hunting permits and was told that there's nothing currently in season. And then this episode... Vince conveniently has a freezer full of venison to cook a meal for the Solano family. So I think Danny stumbled across Vince after he just shot a deer. The blood we saw dripping from Danny's finger in the pilot episode was actually deer blood. Vince was afraid to get in trouble for hunting out of season and without a permit, and probably by accident ended up killing Danny while trying to convince him to keep his mouth shut. And I suspect the dinner he served was not out of the goodness of his heart, but a way to get rid of some evidence by disposing of the deer that he shot the night he killed Danny. I like the theory. Okay. And I would say that he's probably right about the poaching. Uh, Probably. I actually like that part of his theory quite a bit. Yes. But I think it would be a big stretch to go from somebody hunting without a permit, Mm -hmm. which is a couple hundred dollar fine, Mm -hmm. to to murdering somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, if that happens and you murder somebody, murder is probably a strong word, but that happens and you accidentally kill somebody. Mm-hmm. If that happened to me, my first call is going to be the cops. Yeah. Hey, there was an argument. This person died. I'm so sorry. Unless you had more to hide that you didn't want the cops to stumble on other than a dead deer. But yeah. Yeah. Do you think any, there's anything of when Vince called Mark over to the house so he could help him expunge the sponge? 
you know, one I think one of two things is true about Vince. Mm-hmm. Either he's a genuinely kind, nice mm-hmm. person, or he is guilty and feels terrible. Yeah. I'm going to go with genuinely nice person. I think I am too this time. Yeah. We'll see how I feel next week. There's definitely enough there to draw suspicion, even like last week. Last week, there was more there to, in my mind to draw suspicion, particularly when he's like, does your mom know you're here? No. Okay. And closes the barn door, yeah. you know, kind of creepily. Right. This week, he seemed genuine. I think Mark was right. You you put this sponge down your own drain to keep my mind busy, that sort of thing. So I'm cooking dinner for the family. Although you could flip it and say he's trying to figure out where they're at. Do they suspect him? That sort of thing. Keep him from suspicion. Just doesn't seem like that type of person. Yeah. To me. Yeah. So if, yeah, it would be a stretch for me. Me too, but that's all right, Mark. Um, I love your theory. Again, he, he's doing a really good job of, of really thinking through these different scenarios that could that could line up and, and be reality. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely give him that much. So Pam also agreed with Mark and says mm-hmm. that, uh, Vince is the killer. First time we saw him, he was asking about a raise and still is. Vince needs money because his mother's dementia is getting worse and it's not safe to leave her home alone anymore. Vince had been paying Susan Wright to stay with his mother, uh, but he's used up his savings and can't pay her anymore. That's why she's looking for a new job. Vince killed Danny because Danny confided. Uh, and instead of going to college, he wanted to work with his dad. Vince saw Danny as just walking in and taking away his entire future and killed him in a fit of anger. Vince has been making smart moves by pretending to give Mark an alibi. He got the police to convince themselves that his mother, despite her dementia, is a solid alibi for Vince. Now he's stirring up suspicion against Jack. That seems like a big stretch to me, all of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, she... She comes back and, and in parentheses says, why would Danny want to go to work? I think she did. I think this is her. Yeah. Yeah. Why would Danny want to go to work for his father if his father abused him? The only person who claimed this, uh, claimed that Mark hit Donnie is, Danny is Tommy. No one else has backed that up and Tommy can't be trusted about anything. All right. Any other feedback from... Um, any, any comments on Pam? Again, I think it's a good theory... I I hadn't gotten that vibe at all, so I'm gonna I I, I don't I'm not gonna go with you there, but I, I do like the uh, the thought process. I really do appreciate that they're really thinking multiple scenarios and, and figuring yeah. out uh, all the angles. Yeah, all yeah. the angles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's one from Yoga Bon. She says, "I won't vote twice, but Joe and Gemma are tied." She's talking about our our poll here. Uh, and how she would do it. She says they could have even worked together or one manipulated the other to commit and cover up the crime. Joe edged up only because I could see him deeply involved with the drug trade and or an affair because he feels emasculated as a house husband. Gemma was either his drug partner and or paramour. Tom is protecting his dad and the dinner with Carver was a subterfuge to deflect suspicion and make Carver think Joe's a terrible liar. That's clever. See, and because I'm already leaning towards Joe, I like this one a lot. Okay. But let's bring Carver over here, make him think I'm a terrible liar, so that when I'm lying to him later, he'll think it's the truth because he thinks I'm a terrible liar. 
I think you're reading too much into it. And I think Yogobon is too, but we'll see. Probably so. But Yogobon, I'm with you on this, like I said, because I am biased because we'll I'm, see who's I'm right obviously and who is dead. ringing the uh, Joe Bell right now. So Joe Bell. Yeah. I don't think that Joe and Gemma are in cahoots together or involved in any relationship. Yeah. But Barb also thinks that it's probably Joe. Um, he went up on her list this week. The whole buddy-buddy thing at dinner, she didn't buy it. Um, she also wondered if he slipped something into Emmett's drink to make him sick. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. She also brings up another good good or interesting point. She says um, that she thinks the suspect list will shrink. All British murder mysteries have a second victim prior to the end of the book. Spoiler so, alert. So she's betting Ray will be victim number two. His visions may hit a bit too close to home for the killer and Ray will go bye-bye. Mm. Very interesting. I kind of like that as an option. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Daryl, let's move on to your list. All right, my list, it didn't change a whole lot. Joe Miller, still number one. Okay. Jim Fisher, still number two. Okay. Um, I did move Paul up. He's at number five now. I think he was at like number 10 or 11 last week. I moved him up because I did finally realize that I should be suspecting this guy more than I actually am. Yeah. And so I put him into what is probably a more reasonable position. Jack is at 10. He's nowhere near the top for me. Vince is at seven. He's kind of midway for me. I think Raymond moved a little bit. He's at six this week. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So my list changed quite a bit. I put Paul Coates as my number one suspect now. Really? Yes. I moved Dean's uncle down into position four. So he was just like a one-hit wonder. Uh, So far, we'll see. Okay. Uh, He's going to come back into play here later, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. All right. He may move completely off the list. Paul made the jump to number one. Last week, you had him all the way down at number two. Yeah. (laughs) Not a huge jump. No, I guess not. But he did make a huge jump in our prime suspect poll, which we'll mm. talk about here in just a minute. You know what? I, I'm sorry. Now that I have last week's pulled up, I had Jimmo one last week and Joe two. I flip-flopped that yeah, last week. I thought you did. Yeah. So my apologies for that. Yeah. All right. Jimma Fisher took a big jump for me. Where was she last week, Daryl? For you, she was at six. Right, she's up to number two now. Mm-hmm. Daryl, you've got me on the Jimma train. Choo-choo. All aboard You're not on the, the Jimma train. train. Not on the Joe train. Not yet. yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. Number three is is probably a red herring, but I put Pete. Pete, the incompetent the, cop, the house cop, the house cop. I that was this was another laugh out loud moment for me when when Carver talks about how much of an idiot Pete is. Yes, that that was funny too. Pete, you idiot. Yeah. Okay, so think back to the scene where uh, Beth is on the treadmill. Yeah. Hey, do you know where uh, your husband was? Yeah. The night of uh, Danny's murder? Was he a home? Oh. Oh, hmm. Oh. He's either completely incompetent and has no business being a cop anywhere ever, or he's the murderer. Uh, I would go with A. Uh, I think that I think that he is just, remember back to the pilot when he's fingerprinting everybody or yeah. processing them all, and Ellie or someone says, yeah, he's fresh out of, he's going to be staying with you. He's fresh out of training, and he laughs. He's like, yeah, <laughs> Oh wait, I I shouldn't be laughing. At, this is not a laughing moment. He had that. He's just a dumb cop. He's 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 green. He's as wet and green as you get. 
And and how do you get experience being a cop? You commit a murder. <laughs> no. Okay. You you just learn from experience, which he has none to pull from yet. All right. When the next murder happens in Grace Point, he'll be much much better equipped for the situation. I hope so, because he's not doing a very good job right now. Yeah. Like you know, here's what it was. He was trained by Hugo Garcia. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Dean's uncle's numero four O. Okay. He's dropped into position four. Your Spanish is great though. Thank you. Oh. Uh Kathy Eaton came back up. She had taken too far of a fall. She was at nine last week. She's back up to five. Okay. Tom's at six. Tom is at six. Which okay. means that I lied to you earlier. You said Joe was at 14, I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Last week you had Tom <laughs> at three, so yeah. he's he's tumbled a little bit. A little bit. Susan Wright's seven. Mm-hmm. Lars Pearson's eight. Dean's nine. Vince is 10. Jack's 11. Joe is 14. Owen's 15. Ellie's at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. And Renee, Beth, and Emmett Carver are still crossed off the list. Okay. And I haven't crossed anybody off my list either since, uh, well, two weeks ago, I think, was the last time when Emily, I wrongfully said that it was our mutual friend, Foamy Once. Did you know there's more than one girl named Emily in this world? No. I know. And it turns out she doesn't even spell it the same way. Our friend Emily spells it weird. E-M-I-L-E-E. Don't you mean W-I-E-R-D? Yeah. This was Emily spelled the right with the normal way. And I've already apologized to her. With a PH. Uh, but I apologize to her on the podcast for getting her mixed up. Oh. Let's talk about the, what the uh, listening audience has hey, gone over to. I'm going to guess that you're going to cross somebody else off the list next week. All right. That's, that's what I think. That's a possibility. Uh, the listening audience went over to the website, started voting. Yeah. And I had to make three mm-hmm. adjustments today. Good for you. So we have a new number one this week. Yeah, we had two. We had a different number one mm-hmm. we have a new number one and a new number two yeah we had a number two was number one for a while <laughs> until number one ordered them to take a number two and now number one is back at number one no number one is back at number one shall we put names with these numbers make numbers. it a little bit more yeah but before i do that i just mm-hmm. want to make sure that we're still are you getting the latest poll results yes i see all right are you ready? I'm ready. Lay it on I, us. I think that's close enough. All right. Up to the minute <laughs> results here. So, starting from the bottom. Okay. Lars Pearson's. Now, let me as already interrupt you there. He has zero votes. I was surprised, but he had zero last week, but we were like, yeah, but we just kind of added him late. Yeah. Still, so, nobody's buying that. Everyone's thinking that that's a red herring. The hiker is a red herring. Yep. Okay, cool. So no votes for Lars, no votes for Carver, and no votes for Beth. Okay. This is what I was shocked at. The last play, 16, uh-huh. with one vote, uh-huh. Jack Reinhold. Which is what he had last week. Which is what he had last week. Again, people Nobody's are... Nobody's falling for it. Well, we saw it in the poll, though. Biggest red herring of the week. Yes. Everybody but Mark said Jack. And I bet you Mark would even say that the, the Jack thing was a red herring. He yeah. just thought that there was another one that was bigger than that. Yep. So no one's falling for it. Uh, who has the same number of votes as Renee? Yeah, who wasn't even in the picture, and Hugo? Yeah, Garcia, uh, Chloe Solano, and Ellie are tied with two votes each. Mm-hmm. Owen Burke, Kathy Eaton, 
are tied at three each. That's, that's funny. The, the local the newspaper that's people. Right. Yep. Who could have foreseen Raymond Connolly having four votes? Well, he could have. It's probably true. In a uh, boat. Susan Wright and Mark Solano are tied with five. That's, I don't think Mark has moved much, but Susan seems to be kept picking up a couple of votes every once in a while. She Well, she did get another one this week. She had four last week. Yeah. Mark had five. So Mark Mark got us some early votes. You know, they drew a lot of suspicion to him yeah. early, and he got some votes. He's kind of stayed the same. Susan, you know, she has a total of five now. Two of those are me. I voted for her week one and week two. Okay. I abandoned her after that. Like a like something that you abandoned. <laughs> exactly. After a few weeks. Right. Like your hopes and dreams. You abandoned her like your hopes and dreams. No, I abandoned oh. her like a name I don't want to use anymore. Why do you always have to bring it back around to my mom? I don't. It's usually you, but I, I thought I'd jump I mean, particularly when we're talking about things that have abandoned other things. Do you really think that that's the best thing to bring up at this point, Clint? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I do. I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight just trying to get over that comment you just threw out. Speaking of abandonment issues, Jim Fisher <laughs> and uh, Vince Novak yeah. are, are tied at six or at five. Or at seven. At five. Oh, I see what you're at saying. At five. Position five Fifth with seven votes. With seven votes. Yes. Joe Miller. Creeping on up. Last week, week, Joe Miller. Whoa. Yeah, he took a big jump. Last week, Joe Miller had two votes. And now he has 11 votes. See, I think I I have to say that I I did a pretty good job of convincing people last week. I have to take credit for this, I think. Either that or somebody voted multiple times. No, no, people wouldn't do that. I've clearly asked them on this page to only vote one time. Yeah. <laughs> I could check IP. I will do that. I will make a note to check IP because if that's if that's all from one person, we do need to reduce that. To be sure. fair, I will it's check IP. Addresses. It's probably not. All right, Joe. Miller. Joe Miller. IP addresses. Ja. All right, Joe Miller. I've made a note. I will check that. We okay. may have a modification to the poll next week. All right, so Joe Miller. Okay. If he was a college football team, he'd be in the playoffs. That's right. So number three. Number three, I think, is Alabama. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so number three with 12 votes, Dean no, Iverson. Yeah, no new votes this week. Zero. Yeah. He just took on a lot of votes, a lot mm-hmm. of early votes. Yep. Paul Coates at number two, big jump. Yeah, he had four new votes this week. Yeah. And five new votes. Yep. So he, he jumped with 13 votes to number two. Mm-hmm. And the new leader. Back in the leading position is Tom Miller, which is a little bit votes. weird. Um, we really didn't see him this week. No, he did have some suspicious activity last week. Yeah. So maybe people came in and voted between. Could be, you know, after the after we recorded, but before the episode or something. I don't know. Um, or maybe they're an episode behind, or maybe they're seeing things that we're not seeing. But sure. Tom Miller, back up to first place, got five new votes this week. That's a lot. Paul Coates was in the first position until about 30 minutes before the podcast. What's well, really interesting that the Miller boys are coming in at number one and number four. Man, it is going to rock Ellie's world if it ends up being her husband or son that are involved with this. Yes, but I keep coming back to the fact that they got home late that night. Okay. Thank you for. I knew there was something that I told you I was going to go back and rewatch about the pilot episode. I did. And? 
it, they didn't say that. They just said that they had just gotten back from a two-week vacation and that they're really good at vacation. But they didn't say we got in last night or we got in two nights ago. Like maybe we got in Friday night and here it is Monday morning. They didn't say anything like that. So they could have, but it wasn't clearly stated how long they had been back in town. Okay. So I don't know. You could be right. You could be wrong. And that's a busy, I just went on vacation and then I came back and committed a murder. Yeah, it seems sure. pretty busy to me. Well, I don't think that it was a planned murder. So though, so though, so or, though, or though, so, oh, though, so, yeah. Whichever one, you can put your words in whatever order you want. It makes the same sense. It's true. Just like commas, doesn't matter where you put them or if you put them or not. Let's eat, Grandma. Let's eat, Grandma. Let's eat, Grandma. Let's, Let's. eat, Grandma. Let's eat, Grandma. Six episode next week. Week next. Yes. Which is good. The season is half over now. Half. Mm-hmm. It's half over. And I don't feel like I'm really that much closer, if any, closer to figuring this out than I was after episode one. Daryl, when do you expect to feel like I've got it I've got it locked and loaded? Uh, I hope that it's the very latest episode nine, so that as we go into episode ten, I'm going, all right, baby. This is where I get to prove it. I I would hope on on our ninth episode, I go, all right, Clint. This is who it is. This is who it is. And I'm going to go, you're absolutely wrong. It can't be that person. Yeah. And you're going to tell me who who you think it is. It's Pete. (laughs) Well, here's the Pete and repeat. We're in a boat. Pete fell out. There's the answer. Um, So I'm hoping no later than episode nine, but I'm really hoping by episode seven, I've got a pretty good lock. Okay. What about you? When are you when are you hoping to have it? Yeah. I think episode nine. You really want to have yeah. you want to be able to go into episode ten. I want I want you know, we've we've got kind of these peaks and valleys, right? Right, right. We've got the hump. Right, we're at the top of the Jack Reinhold hump. I'm sure it's gonna die off. We're gonna pick up maybe Susan next or uh-huh. Vince or Gemma or Mark or mm-hmm. Tom or Paul. Right, right. We're gonna have all these these ebbs and flows as we get to unveil all these other people's dirty secrets that aren't the killer, but we get to find out their dirty secrets. Exactly. So, I hope that we're over the hump. We've resolved all the humps. Halfway through episode nine, there are a lot of townsfolk, though. Like we said, the theme of this episode was pointing fingers everywhere, and at this point, there really are enough reasons to point fingers in just about any direction. Almost, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be more before the show ends. That's right. Well, we want to get your feedback on next week's episode, episode six. So we gave you the Twitter information earlier. That's GracePointGSM, hashtag GPTwit for the Twitter poll question. You can uh, send in your feedback about each week's episode by giving us a call on the Golden Spiral Media Voice feedback line. The number is 304-837-2278. Or you can head over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. And there you can either type out an email contribution. It'll send it right over to us. You can also upload a pre-recorded audio file, send it to us via the same website. Sorry, you can also hit us up on Statutory Pipe. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure that your feedback is longer than 16 minutes. Nice. In the state of Oklahoma. Right. That's well done, Clint. 
Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Also wanted to say thank you mm-hmm. to Tangier 14. Why is that? Tangier 14 provided a wonderfully written piece of feedback on our iTunes. Did feed. she really? Yeah. Thank you, Barb. So thank you very much for that. We always appreciate feedback, yeah. positive or really positive, <laughs> your choice uh, on our on our iTunes feed. It, it helps us. Mm-hmm. And it helps people find the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Because the more ratings they have, the more they move up in the in the podcast doohickey yep. thingies. So. You can easily find all of our podcasts over at goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes. That'll redirect you over to iTunes and pop up our full selection of podcasts, this one being one of them. Did you know I got to meet Barb when I was in Hawaii? Did no, I, tell you I that? didn't know that. Yeah. That's great. Even had dinner with her and she came over and uh, visited us while we did a podcast and everything. I had a great time hanging out with Barb. That is great. She's a wonderful lady. So, Daryl, uh, one last thing. Okay. You know, we do this podcast because we love the show and love each other mm-hmm. in a totally plutonic sort of way. Um, Unless it gets really cold out. But... We do have families. Indeed. And those families need to eat. Oh, well. And they've never been able to eat based on these podcasts. But we'd like that to change at some point. (laughs) So if you would, take five minutes and go over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash support. There are literally 16 different ways that you can support. And 17, Patreon is not there. I need to add Patreon to that page. 18. There's 18. Yeah. So you can, if you want to, if you get tired of hearing these silly comments at the end of our podcast, set up a recurring PayPal donation. That's what a lot of people have done. We mm-hmm. really appreciate that. That helps us, at a minimum, pay for the hosting hosting space and, and, and time. All right. Well, guys, thank you for tuning into this episode of Grace Point Reveal. I can't wait for next week. See who the suspicion is. The suspicion light is cast upon yeah, next week. I, I think you think we're going to resolve Jack's. Can no, not, think, not next week. You think we're going to skip over it, come back to them some other time? Yeah, I think they may leave that hanging out there for a while. Okay. We'll see. Very interesting. All, All right. right. Thanks for tuning in. Indeed. And until next time, I think I've got some pictures I'm going to go burn. You're a terrible liar. Yeah.